0: This is Tracy,
1: and this is Sheila, and we are SpyFatJicks, and this week's episode is all about a mid-February trip that we took to Toronto just to get away from the winter blaze.
0: Yes, because we love to go to Toronto in the winter when it's cold and bitter and crappy out. Well, then it's not hot and horrible and crappy out. (laughs) Good point. I'd also like to uh, put a disclaimer out there. We're both a little under the weather, probably because we were tromping around Toronto last weekend in the cold. In the cold, yeah. So we're going to sound a little bit off. Uh, Vocally, it's really us. We don't have understudies or anything. It's just we have colds. (laughs) I really wanted to go to St. Lawrence Market again in Toronto, so that was our first stop for the day. We thought we would have an early lunch, late breakfast, but it was really lunch because we got a late start. Yeah, there was a really bad snowstorm
1: that morning, so we waited for it to abate a little bit. So we took the TTC in. Great method of transportation, especially if you've got two people or less. And you don't really want to drive around the city, and you don't
0: want to have to worry about parking your car. Mm -hmm. And we also learned that on a Saturday and a Sunday, the uh, day pass that you buy is good for two adults, up to two adults and two children. You'll need one pass. We didn't know that last time. Whoops. Now we know. So we rolled into town, and we figured, why bother using the subway bathrooms when we can go into a pub and use
1: a normal bathroom? And all we have to do is order a beer, which we were going to do anyway. Hardship, hardship.
0: Most unfortunate. So we stopped right outside of the St. Lawrence Market, and we um, went to a pub called the Jersey Giant. It's got rooster paraphernalia everywhere. Because a Jersey Giant is a type of chicken. 19th century chicken. Which I totally didn't pick up on until we were in the pub, and you pointed out, oh, it's great that they have roosters everywhere, and I saw the picture, <laughs> the giant portrait of a rooster. I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. So, if you have a juvenile mind, you'll get it too in a moment. <laughs> but, um... Uh, I had for the first time, I had the Mill Street ESB, mm. Extra Special Bitter. Yeah. Awesome beer. That's good. I I love a good bitter because it's like a pale ale without all the hoppiness to it.
1: Yeah. There's just enough bitterness to make it refreshing. Yeah. And not enough to make it puckery. Exactly.
0: Absolutely outstanding beer. And you had... Um, I ordered Innocent Gun. That's right, you had Innocent Gun, yes. Yeah. Which, as always, is delicious. Mm-hmm. So... We didn't eat anything at the the Jersey Giant, but it has a very nice atmosphere. The bartender was one of the friendliest we've run into in a while. And that's not saying we don't run into friendly bartenders, but this fellow was bored middle of the afternoon, no one else to talk to, so he chatted with us for a while. But really, really nice atmosphere. I would totally stop there for a sandwich sometime. Oh, yeah. Well, usually we don't
1: sit at the bar either, Mm -hmm. but we only plan to come in for one pint, so we figured we'd just sit at the bar.
0: Usually we sit at a table. Mm -hmm. True. But the menu looked good, the prices looked Mm -hmm. reasonable. So if you're looking for something a little more sit-down outside of St. Lawrence Market, keep that in mind if you like pub food.
1: Yeah, they have a pretty decent rating on, I think it's Urban Spoon or Yelp. Mm -hmm. It looks
0: like a pretty average pub. Mm -hmm. But again, their prices were great for being in the middle of Toronto, too. Yeah, definitely. Take that into consideration. The beer, as always, is pricey, but we're in Canada. Mm -hmm. So down the street, we trooped to the St. Lawrence Market. Uh, For those of you who either haven't listened to the podcast for a while or have not been to Toronto, St. Lawrence Market is a giant building full of um, vendors. Meats, cheeses, breads, fruits, everything. Think indoor farmer's market. Mm -hmm. Like
1: There's a giant building to contain all of these things, so it's year-round.
0: If you're from Pennsylvania and you've been to the Lancaster uh, Farmer's Market, the big indoor one that's there, it's like one of the oldest in the country, it's like that. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And you can get such a variety there. I'm, the first time, the only time I'd been there, we just kind of did a quick spin through and we were shocked to find quail's eggs. And wagyu beef. And yeah. There's all kinds of crazy gourmet stuff there, as well as everyday items like 50 different types of sausages amongst all the mm. vendors. You can find almost anything you want. But we went there with intentions of getting something to eat because the last time we had just eaten it at Mill Street uh-huh. and we found the market and there was no room at the inn. And by inn, I mean in my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then after we were finished, there was no room either. But Yes. Um, you can get, they had a, people selling p there. They had an Italian place. They had a couple fish vendors doing, like, fish and chips and some really nifty-looking seafood stuff. The one place at the back had some mouth-watering-looking seafood. But that wasn't quite what we were in the mood for. So Mm. we wandered. We kind of looked at the traditional vendors and said, I don't know. And we were on our way down the middle lane towards the front door, and we ran into the Brown Brothers Meats. Yes. And it's a giant butcher's counter. It's a huge, like, standalone island. And there's one little tiny counter cart off to the side by the sausage display. And there's one old guy there. And he had a giant thing of like, smoked pulled pork and a couple other meats. And he had like, racks of ribs yeah. and all stuff ready to go mm-hmm. for you to eat now or take home and eat. And it's a tiny little cart off to the side of the butcher thing. Literally, I'm making motions now that don't work when you're podcasting. But it's about the size of our tiny little kitchen table. Like We're talking what? Two, two, feet? two feet wide? hmm Maybe a foot and a half deep. But the meats looked great. The, there was a, a small crowd around getting food. Which the, is always a good sign. Yes. Go and, where the lineup is. And they had the prices, you know, clearly posted. So we decided to, to take a chance, throw the dice, and grab a bite there. And man, was it a great bite. Oh. I got,
1: well, Tracy got the pulled pork, right? Mm-hmm. And I got the Montreal smoked meat sandwich. Mm-hmm. And both
0: were phenomenal. <sighs> My pulled pork. This pulled pork was again epic, and I feel so bad using that word so often in conjunction with pulled pork. But it's <laughs> such a great meal. And yeah. It's one of those ones, one of those dishes that almost anybody should be able to make good pulled pork. But so many people screwed up so badly. Mm-hmm. These people, they did a great job. It was a nice, big, hearty Kaiser roll. And yeah, there the must sandwich was as big as a like the, the the roll was as big as a sandwich plate. Yeah. He must have put almost half a pound of meat on it. It Mm -hmm. was huge. And then he put um, their barbecue sauce on it. And he also ladled some of the pulled pork juices on top of the bun as well. And it came with a little side of these cooked potatoes and um, roasted potatoes and carrots. Yeah, I think like Greek potatoes, kind of. And a scoop of their slightly creamy but amazing coleslaw on the the side. Mm -hmm. Not your church picnic coleslaw. Good coleslaw. It was just phenomenal. Uh, I... You had to do the hunch over it to eat.
1: We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Because totally that's its own story. Yeah. So I got the Montreal smoked meat sandwich. He grabbed some fresh and shaved it right there. He didn't keep it in the cart because he was afraid it was going to dry out. Piled it on the same huge Kaiser roll that Tracy had. And then asked me what I want on it. I said, well, put on what you usually put on it. Because I figure when in Rome, you're the best judge to make this sandwich. So he put on barbecue sauce mustard. He put the coleslaw on the sandwich, which made us infinitely happy, (laughs) Not to Primanti Brothers there, getting it Pittsburgh style, topped it all off with some more juice from Tracy's pulled pork, and that made a
0: big, giant, delicious, sloppy sandwich. Uh we took our stuff. They, They come in, you know, cardboard, cardboard, I'm sorry. They come in styrofoam takeout containers. So we grabbed them. I ran over to another vendor, uh, Picked up two cans of soda and Mm -hmm. we went across the street to eat. We didn't realize to the back end of the market there were tables outside. We just wanted to eat now. (laughs) We just wanted to eat now, so we ran out the front, crossed the street to the farmers market section, and ate over one of the vendor carts that were empty. Yeah. And first off We took our coats off. It was snowing,
1: but you just you had to be able to get into this sandwich. Mm -hmm. You had to do like the full body lean yeah, And we had people stopping and staring because we're two fat chicks gorging ourselves on these delicious sandwiches, and everyone's like, wow, that looks good. A couple people actually said, that
0: looks amazing, and we're talking around bowls full of food, pointing Brown at St. Lawrence. Brown Brothers! <laughs> St. Lawrence! So um, it, it's a messy, messy meal, though. I We went through all of the napkins. Fortunately, I had a little bit of hand sanitizer with me so we could kind of scrub up until we found a bathroom in... The other St. Lawrence Market across the street, the Farmer's Market section, you yeah. could wash up there. But on the one to five Aaron and Patrick portion size scale, That's solidly five. That's a solid five. Those boys would put those sandwiches away and be very content. Be satisfied. Sheila, I barely finished mine. And I actually ate some of mine and then I threw the coleslaw on top of mine and finished it. <laughs> and Sheila ended up passing the rest of her sandwich off to me to take a few bites because it was too good to waste. And yeah. The coleslaw and the meats on both sandwiches just the perfect combination. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the fellow's philosophy at the booth about putting the coleslaw on the sandwich. He said it breaks up all the meat in it. Because so it's, it's just... a meaty
1: sandwich. It is.
0: Both of them. And it gives you some different textures. And he's mm. right. All it needed were a few French fries and it would have been out of this world. Quote <laughs> cool, the Pittsburgh girl. I have a one-track mind on that that uh, topic. But would definitely recommend it. There's all kinds of great food to eat at St. Lawrence Market. But that, just for a random... Wow. Oh, and the price. Oh. They're like $6 each. 6 50 each. <laughs> the whole thing came to maybe 13 bucks for the two sandwiches. You can't touch that anywhere else. That's like $5 foot long. Psh! Derisive snort. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Pay a dollar more and go to St. Lawrence Market and get an even better sandwich. Yes.
0: And it was even fun to wait because he's sitting there making the sandwiches with love and care. Mm. And I, I hugged and him. <laughs> she, she actually did went up and hugged him afterwards. But uh, to the right, they have this huge case full of different sausages. It must have had 10 different kinds of sausages in it. Mm. So later in the summer when we have friends with grills who want to entertain us, we <laughs> plan on going in and, and getting a bunch of sausages from there so we can do like a variety smorgasbord of sausages to try them all. So it was like a they sausage. were a dollar
1: each, and there was 12 different kinds, so you could just do go down the line
0: yeah. and get a couple each. Or you can get uh, a dozen for $10 if you're going to buy a dozen, which mm-hmm. is still a great deal. So, thoroughly impressed with Brown Brothers Meats. Great job. They've been there forever. What, the website Since, today? like,
1: the 1800s. Yeah. I mean, it's changed hands a couple of times, but it's always been the Brown Brothers.
0: So, if you're looking for a quick sandwich of the barbecue meaty variety, totally check them out. Yeah. And then just down from them, we found another vendor that also knocked our socks off. Mm-hmm. It's a, a mustard vendor who's been there, there forever as well. It's a Kuzlick's Canadian Mustard. And they had, uh, I don't know, a dozen, two dozen different varieties of mustard. At least. And we first saw this uh, brand at Helenda's because I was marveling over how many different kinds of mustard and horseradish Helenda's carries. hmm and they had a whole bunch of the Kozliks mustard there. They had probably, what, four or five varieties, mm-hmm. which to us was pretty impressive, until we saw the the Mothership booth right. at St. Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so if you can't actually get to Toronto, check out Helenda's and mm-hmm. check out some of the Kozliks mustard.
0: And they do have a website. You can order from the website as well. They do Christmas packs and things. We'll post the website on the, uh, on the podcast blog entry mm-hmm. off of Podbean. But... Uh, what I liked is they had all the mustards out with bowls of pretzels, mm-hmm. and you could dip pretzels in and taste the different mustards before you buy them. Just look for the crowd, because mm-hmm. there was like two or three people deep Yeah, well, they clustered also, around that end of the, the booth. Well, they had a girl out with a, an electric griddle, and she was frying up female bacon and putting it on toothpicks so you could dip that in to try it, too. <laughs> so, you know, everyone's grabbing a snack there. But I liked that you could try the mustards, because there were so many varieties. It's hard to decide with those very fine, distinct flavors. And the price was really good for a gourmet mustard. It was a um, a two hundred and fifty milliliter jar, which is a pretty decent sized jar of mustard. Unless you're drinking it daily, that'll mm-hmm. last you for a while. Yeah. And it's uh it was up six dollars a jar, and you yeah. get a discount if you bought a whole bunch of them. They had the one we ended up bringing home with us was the Bordeaux, and it's made with Bordeaux wine vinegar. Mm-hmm. Killer mustard, nice and tangy, spicy, hot. It gives it like a a bit of a richness
1: compared to regular Dijon mustard. I could actually taste the difference mm-hmm. between this one that was made with the, like, red wine vinegar versus white wine vinegar.
0: Mm-hmm. And they also had some sweet varieties that were mm-hmm. really good for, like, dipping pretzels and cheese into. They had four or five of those that I would love to just get a whole bunch of them and take them down to my dad, because mm-hmm. he's a huge fan of doing the, the pretzel and cheese dipping thing for football games and stuff. Yeah. But... Definitely, if you're going to be in the St. Lawrence Market area, you like mustard. Go check them out, sample Mm. a couple, bring a few jars home, get addicted, and then order them online, obviously. (laughs) So after that, we uh, blundered around the city a little bit. We went and picked up a GPS. Yes. (laughs) We should probably take a minute and talk about that, because, you know, we we don't just do food. We do culture and things. Mm. Um, For years, we've wanted to geocache. And when we say geocache, you don't mean C-A-S-H. You don't go out with a GPS unit and try to find money,
1: which <laughs> would be don't, cool. You don't drive around in your Geo Metro and wave cash around. Yes. Look how much
0: money I'm saving in gas. It's spelled G-E-O-C-A-C-H-E. Since, I don't know, 2004, 2005, we've been eyeballing it. Mm-hmm. But we've never really wanted to lay the cash out to get it. Haha. See what I did there? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> And give it a shot, not knowing anybody else who did it. A few years ago, our friends Jamie and Daisy picked up a, a GPS unit and started geocaching, and they told us how great it was. And they're right. It is awesome. It's amazing and addictive. So we found a great deal on Craigslist, and we met the uh, person in, in Toronto to pick it up that weekend. Just happened to work out. We found it right before we went to the city, emailed them, hooked up, and spent the rest of the next week and a half geocaching our butts off. <laughs> so if you want to look for us, where's are as chicks. Same as the podcast, on yeah. geocaching.com. It, we'd love to have people be our friends, you yeah. know, check out what we're, you're doing, what we're doing on it. You know, we've uh, just started, so don't expect to see great numbers there. But for people who don't know what geocaching is, it's, it's a treasure hunt for adults. But the reward is you get the satisfaction of finding something nobody else knows is there.
1: To put this as, as a video game analogy, if you're an achievement hunter with the Xbox or PS3... This kind of gives you something like that, but for hiking and urban exploring.
0: Exactly. Somebody will go out and they'll find a spot someplace, anywhere on public land, and they'll hide a cache. And a cache can be anything from a little tube the size of your pinky finger or thumbnail, some of them, to a giant ammo box. And the smallest ones only have a slip of paper in there that you sign. It's called the logbook. The largest ones you can put trinkets in. Some people also put these things in called travel bugs or, or geo coins, and they have tracking numbers that you grab those and you put them in another cache somewhere else, and you enter the the coordinates where you did it and the the, the tracking ID online, and people can track these coins from place to place. And some of these things go like around the world. Yeah. And some of the ones have you put a trinket in, you can take a trinket. So uh, because I make chain mail, I've been making a bunch of little things so we can leave them in different caches. But it's a blast. And if you'd like to travel, it's the perfect hobby to have when you're traveling.
1: Yeah. If you like hiking, if you like mm-hmm. urban exploring, if you just like walking and looking at new things and you need a reason to go out there and do it to give yourself some motivation, geocaching is a great motivator. And you can do it with your friends. You
0: can do it with your family. It's you can do it It's great for alone. kids. You can do it alone. Yeah. Uh be safe about it if you're alone though. If you're going to go out on some crazy wilderness sh- wilderness challenge to find caches in the middle of nowhere, let people know where you're going. You have a GPS, you shouldn't get lost, but that doesn't mean you can't get hurt.
1: Right. As with anything, observe all local laws and use common
0: sense and, and safety. Go to geocache.com or geocaching.com and check out the rules too because there are a couple rules to the hobby so we don't make people angry. Yeah, there's
1: a little bit of etiquette to follow. It's not crazy intensive, though. No,
0: it's very low-key. So just, you know, in the future, you're probably going to hear us mention in some of the more travel-oriented episodes, uh, we're going to talk about some of the geocaching we do because it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And I could totally see us, you know, putting geocaches out in your restaurants, too. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Especially the ones we like. Woo! But I digress. We digress. So we picked that up, bopped around Toronto a little bit. I finally saw the Eaton Center... Um food court. Yeah. With their highfalutin ceramic
1: plates and everything. Yeah, they're it going, does
0: make a difference. They're going green, it's awesome. And there's no trash cans to be seen. You have to take it up to one of the little drop centers mm-hmm. so nobody throws the plates out. The biggest food court I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty huge. I left Sheila at one table just to go find a couple sodas for us, and I came back 15 minutes later, and I wasn't off, like, (laughs) lollygagging. (laughs) You were walking the entire time. Yeah, I had to wait a couple minutes at the counter, and that was it. It was a trek to the other side. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge food court, but they have everything you could ever want there. Really nice. Then we went to go meet Sheila's one friend from high school, Erica, for a late lunch, second lunch, if you will.
1: Yeah, Erica's kind of nocturnal, so she didn't want to meet too early. I totally understand that. Uh, with their schedule. We went to some place that I've heard of, but I'd never actually been, Sneaky D's. It's over on College in Toronto, in the northwest mm-hmm. of the downtown core. And it's big as a concert venue as well. I've never seen any shows there, but their food's pretty awesome. And yeah. their beer
0: selection is great. And you walk in, and it, it reminded me of some of the places we've been to in Morgantown or Hardcore. some other college towns.
1: Yeah, The decor reminded me kind of of... Uh, Black Bear, yeah. a little bit.
0: Yeah, it did have a Black Bear vibe to it. Black Bear from Morgantown. Um, we, It's it's a Mexican-themed place. Mm-hmm. They do have some regular food there, but they go for the Mexican stuff. I would say it's uh, Americanized or Canadianized Mexican. Or Tex-Mex. Tex- yeah, it's more Tex-Mex. Yeah. The prices were really good. You were looking at about 10 to $15 max. Mm-hmm. They had a few things a little bit cheaper. They do a breakfast menu as well.
1: Yeah, we scored the brunch menu because it was before four, mm-hmm. and both of our
0: plates were eight bucks a piece. Yeah. Which is a great deal. Their beer is very affordable for being in Toronto. Uh, you're looking at, depending what you order, about 5 to five fifty a pint. Yeah. They had the Buzz Lager, which mm-hmm. was good. What was the Amber that we had that was there as well? I can't remember. Completely escapes my mind. We'll put it on the blog. So, I really like the food. Portion size, I would put them around... Probably
1: three four. and a half, four. Maybe a four.
0: I mean, I was full when I finished eating. Yeah, but we had also just had a huge lunch, so mm. our perception was a little bit skewed at that point. Uh, Erica and your friend Larry got. Um, they an just got order the nachos to split. Giant plate of nachos looked great, mm-hmm. and that was right around fifteen, sixteen dollars. So yeah.
1: we actually both ended up ordering the same thing, but different fillings, right? Because we got the enchiladas,
0: mm-hmm. or did you get the beef as well? No, I had the beef as well. We okay. both had beef enchiladas. They were great. The rice was great, the enchiladas were great, the sauce was awesome on it, very filling. I, I still long for the old-school Mexican like we used to get in Morgantown from Rio Grande. Mm-hmm. Still haven't been able to scratch that particular itch, but we've gotten close with this place, Sneaky D's, as well as another place we've been to recently, but that's another episode. <laughs> but overall, um, I liked it. If we're back in that area again and we're looking for something to eat, I would go back without hesitating. Oh yeah, in if, a heartbeat. If we just wanted to run in and get a pint or a pitcher... Totally would do that, too. And the bathrooms.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, it's like Black Bear from Morgantown, but with 1,000% more graffiti.
0: <laughs> which was like Dr. John's in Morgantown. Cause yeah. I remember how there was graffiti all over that place? It's the same thing. You go down to the bathrooms, and first you can't tell which one's the guys or the girls.
1: The girls is the first one. Yes. <laughs> just so you know.
0: Because the name, guys and girls, men and women, whatever, is hidden by all the graffiti. And you walk in, and just the, the stalls, everything's just covered head to toe. And it's hilarious. It was like there was like an emo stall, an angry punk rock stall, and I know like, I, I was in the emo stall because somebody had written "They can't afford hair dye," and then somebody else would put some emo poetry up right by it. And <laughs> I'm like hmm.
1: I was in the funny philosophical drunk stall,
0: I think, because <laughs> yes. there was all these like poems and haikus and stuff, <laughs> yeah, in mine. So uh, that is almost a high point of going there. That, mm-hmm. I don't mean it to be rude. It's true. It's fun. It's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom again and read the stalls. Bye. <laughs> well, it's part of the culture of the place, right? Yeah, totally. But yeah, great, great stop. And then uh, Eric had mentioned they were going later that night to something at Black Oak Brewery in Etobicoke. Mm-hmm. And it was a... Um, it was a Valentine's Day
1: tasting of their chocolate cherry stout. So it was basically like a black forest stout. The
0: black cherry chocolate stout. Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah. It was really busy, like, named. Yeah. Like that Dr. Pepper. The cherry vanilla Dr. Pepper. Yeah. It was like that. It was a tongue twister. You just walked up and said, I want blah. But anyway. So they said, you guys want to go? 20 bucks. All you can drink from five to nine. Uh the TTC runs out there, so we can catch the bus to go. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, we don't have anything else better to do tonight. Yeah,
1: it's like forty-five minutes out and forty-five minutes back, but it's totally worth it because we'd had their um, nut brown ale from the LCBO. And did we try their stuff at the Muskoka? I
0: uh, honestly, that
1: was, that a, was blur. a blur.
0: <laughs> I'd have to. I would actually have to go sit down and listen to the episode to remember what we've tried. I know we've run into their beers before, and we have mm-hmm. thoroughly enjoyed them. So we were all in. We're like, $20? Sure. Sure. Why not? We were just going to go, you know, bop around the rest of Toronto, maybe visit the gay district. I'd rather go drink beer. Let's go. And it'll be good for the podcast. See what we do for you? We sacrifice (laughs) our spare time to go drink beer so you can find out about it. (laughs) Please send all thank yous to buyfatchicks at (laughs) gmail.com. So we finally
1: get there. We had to take a subway, a TTC, and a bus. Like... Like, a streetcar and a bus.
0: And, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> it's in an industrial park. Yeah. In the you, middle of nowhere. You wouldn't notice it. Like, you wouldn't know where to go. Yeah, it's off the Islington subway stop. Mm-hmm. So it's literally middle of nowhere by Etobicoke. And you walk in, and you're like, oh, we're in a brewery now. They have a little, uh, desk like at the reception area? Where you can, yeah, where you can buy beer, and buy souvenirs. Mm-hmm. And we paid our our $20 there and they had a little bar set up that looks like it's always set up for tastings when they do tours and a couple couches.
1: Now, if you're interested in doing one of these, you have to get on their mailing list. Mm -hmm. So go to their website. It's just go to blackoakbeer.com and get on their mailing list so that you can know when these events are coming up because they're also doing a board games night soon too. (laughs) I don't think we're going to make that one, but we'll probably not, but sometime in the future we'll be able to do another
0: one. Heck yeah. It, this was such a thoroughly enjoyable night, so we go in, we get our cups, and I felt like I was going to a frat party, because they give you a plastic cup and you can put you your, write name your name on it. But <laughs> this is flashbacks to my youth, this is great. Go up, order a beer. Uh, they had the nut brown on tap, they had the pale ale, mm-hmm. and then they had the black cherry chocolate stout. Mm-hmm. Which from now on we're just going to refer to as the stout because it's such a tongue twister we're going to screw it up. Yeah,
1: they also had a bunch of different chocolates that were out for yes. sampling
0: because it was like a Valentine's Day thing. It was from the uh, Choco, Choco Soul yeah traders and it's a free trade chocolate thing. They had them there and with because of the you know the Valentine's Day theme chocolate and the black cherry chocolate stout the stout they mm. had that and they did this amazing chocolate float. With the free trade chocolate that was rendered down to like a hot chocolate and a thermos, but it wasn't like a traditional hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. It was a lot more bitter, a lot more stronger, a lot more stronger. My grammar is fantastic when I think about beer. It was a lot stronger. And they mixed that in a smaller glass, half with the stout, half with the chocolate. This was so good. I just wanted a tub full of it to lay in. <laughs> I've never tasted anything quite like that. And I love chocolate stout. And this takes chocolate stout and it raises it to an exponential level. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about it, I'm getting a little bit choked up. I'm like, oh. (laughs) And then the the chocolate people also had out, you could sample their chocolates, and they had one of the chili pepper chocolates. Mm -hmm. Which is amazing. We've heard about, you know, hot pepper chocolate before, and we've always wanted to give it a shot. Yeah,
1: it's The reason why this is kind of hot (laughs) right now... I see what you did there. Yeah, is because the Aztecs, whenever they prepared chocolate, they drank it. They didn't eat it. So they had a a hot chocolate that they usually had crushed chilies in. So it was spicy as well. So chocolate and chili naturally kind of go together.
0: Anyways. We both sampled a square of it and lost our minds. And we bought a bar, a Mm -hmm. bar of it, because it is expensive. It's $6 a bar. Completely worth it. It's a nice dark, bitter, spicy chocolate. That oh, it's a savoring chocolate. Oh, it is not a scarfing chocolate. It's a treat. It's a special treat. Mm-hmm. They also with the uh, the trays of chocolate they had out to sample. They actually had cacao roasted cacao beans there, which we got to sample. I've never had a cacao bean before. It's interesting. Yeah. At first you chew it, and you're like, oh, that's not so bad. And then it hits you, and all you can taste is this, like, bitter chocolate aftertaste. And you're making that meh, nah, nah" face. Like Baker's chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was just the front part when you walk in. Then they had the whole back end of the brewery opened up. You could walk around, look at the fermenters. The whole place was opened up. Yeah. It was amazing. I think that's so awesome they do that. And it was such a welcoming crowd. Everybody was so friendly. They had chili. Uh, they had vegetarian and regular chili there too. The chili was great. And they also had little tiny cupcakes from uh, the Sassy Lamb. And little she she does catering. This this woman Jamie Dobbs who grabbed one of her uh, her cards. You can email her if you're looking for somebody in the, that area, or actually go to the website thesassylamb.com. Mm. And she did little tiny chocolate cupcakes, and they were just delicious. They were amazing. They were evaporating. Yeah. As fast as they
1: were putting them out, people were hoovering them up. Yeah.
0: But they went great. Yeah. And then, on top of all this, if this hasn't convinced you by now, if you're a beer fan in, in the Toronto area to go sign up to their mailing list and go to their events, this should convince you. They had the stout not just at the front on the tap. They had it in the back at a separate tap as cask-conditioned. Yeah. So it wasn't carbonated. It was naturally carbonated. Yay! Wow, what a difference. Yeah. It almost tasted like a different beer. Yeah. It was great.
1: And they also had a, it was kind of like a small beer. It was like a three and a half percent English ale, was it? Yeah. I didn't actually get any of it. I, I tried some of, I think Erica had some. Mm-hmm. I took a sip of hers, but by the time I went back to go get some, it was already gone.
0: That was so cool. They had a small beer. Yeah, It was like drinking Bud Light, but it tasted great. It was a spacer. Yes, it was your spacer beer. <laughs> but it was delicious. Yes, definitely recommend checking them out. Um, you can pick up Beer on the Way Home, too, on the way out of the events. They mm-hmm. sell it. So if you really liked what you had, usually they have it. It's or At least this time they had it. I will not say usually. This is the only one we've been to. But they had the chocolate stout, ch- the black cherry chocolate stout. I feel like I'm doing them a disservice by not saying the whole title. But, God, it's hard. <laughs> but they usually have it. With their serving in the, uh, the packs.
1: Well, they have those cold cases up front, yeah. the refrigerator, so I'm assuming that they always have beer Something. for sale.
0: Yes. So you can take it with you on the TTC when you go. I would not recommend driving out to one of these events unless you're that kind of a self-sacrificing person that you're going to DD for your friends. Yeah. Because it's really hard to pass up all that beer.
1: Even just be tasting responsibly, yeah. which is what we did. We mm-hmm. didn't go crazy. It's hard to be able to... Make sure that you're in condition to drive home after that.
0: Yes. So I I recommend um, subwaying it out and back mm-hmm. and then taking a taxi if you live near the subway or a go train station or what have you. I think the next time we go, I was fine by the time we got back to Scarborough. Yeah. Of course, then again, that was an hour away. It was
1: 45 minutes for us.
0: It really wasn't that bad at all. But I would say if we really want to enjoy ourselves, do the go station, go train, to, Osh- to Oshawa, from the city, and then take a taxi back home. Mm-hmm. But you can totally do it responsibly and everybody have a good time. Yeah. There's no excuse. Be responsible. Exactly. So, all in all, we had a great trip into Toronto for the day. We found some awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. We're totally stoked to go back to Black Oak for some more events. Mm-hmm. Um, totally stoked to go back to St. Lawrence Market and cram our face full of things. <laughs> totally stoked to try more of Kozlik's <laughs> Mustard yes and uh someday i'm gonna make it to kensington market <laughs> someday <laughs> i Maybe. someday that was the, the part b of the day was supposed to be hitting kensington market and then kind of traipsing your way over to the gay district and it still didn't happen it'll happen soon someday someday so anything else you want to add about all the awesomeness that we experienced i think that's it it was the awesome it was the awesome all right well this is tracy and this is Sheila, and we're as chicks thanks
1: for listening we hope you enjoyed this Vi Fat Chicks podcast. Please add us as a friend on Facebook and or follow us on Twitter. You can email your comments, questions, or suggestions to zvifatchicks at gmail.com. That's Z-W-E-I-F-A-T-C-H-I-C-K-S at gmail.com. Our theme music is Hot Swing by Kevin McLeod. Our podcasts, like Mr. McLeod's music, are protected under a Creative Commons attribute copyright. You can make copies of our shows and share them with friends. Please make sure that credit is given. Thanks for listening and have a great day.